Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Old Time Radio <laughs> with Ray, Sarah, and Connor. I got to point something out to you guys that really pisses me off. I uh -oh. went on an 11-year strike where I was not watching hockey. 11 years. Nice. I was not watching hockey. I started watching hockey this year. I have watched eight periods of the Boston Bruins and watched them score one goal. I walked away from the game tonight. They were losing two to nothing. And I came down to set up this show. It's now two, two. I missed mm. two goals with like, I don't know, three minutes into the th third period, whatever it may maybe, be. Maybe you're a jinx. Yeah. You got to stop watching. Bad luck. So you guys are saying this is my fault. Yep. A hundred percent. Well, Ted did ask me, can you stop? Can you go back on strike? He did say that to me. I was a little offended. I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little offended by it. Um, but you know what? We're now connected to Sportscaster. That's what I was trying to wait for. If everybody's wondering what the hell I'm talking about. Guys, Good we're news. on Sportscaster live. Hello, hello. DPN commentary. Here we go. What up, what up? Toronto's pride and joy, Ray Route has teamed up with Boston heartthrob Connor Carney to bring you DPN commentary, a Sportscaster featured podcast. Join these two Bill Belichick fanboys talking about the greatest team in NFL history every Tuesday and Thursday night live on Sportscaster at 9 p.m. Eastern. And now for the thousands in attendance and Patriots fans from all over the world, a podcast that nobody asked for. It's DPN Commentary with Ray and Connor. And, and we're back. <laughs> we are back. What's going on, everybody? Ray Route here along with Connor Carney and Sarah Marshall. We are DPN Commentary, a sportscaster featured podcast. Thursday night, everybody. How's it going, lady and gentlemen? What's going on? Good. It's Life going life good life treating it's you well going. Life yeah. it's going life treating you fair mm. fair enough nah <laughs> i mean if you ask my opinion on like the weather i don't feel like it's fair i ask for the cold i get the warm and it's just not fair you guys are just a barrel of monkeys tonight what can i say mm. <laughs> so good news bad news josh mcdaniels returning to the patriots what do you guys think um speaking of a barrel of monkeys um, <laughs> i am ecstatic no nah, i mean i i'm not either, i'm not really in either direction i'm not super happy i'm not super upset um it kind of is what it is i i i don't necessarily dislike josh mcdaniels he's had some good seasons here but i wouldn't have been heartbroken if he left either i'm i'm just kind of eh about him um i'm i'm fine with it like i was i mean of course, like change is good. It's been a while since obviously they've had a different uh, offensive coordinator. But then at the same time, there's like so much going on this season and changing some stability in like the offensive coordinator just kind of scared me a bit where we don't have a quarterback. We have like 30 something players going to free agency. And then I'm like thinking about all the players we're going to lose and then losing a coordinator. I'm like, that is what nightmares are made of, for being honest. I did see... Uh, somebody today said that the Patriots should be thankful that they still have Josh McDaniels. And I guess it's because of that whole transition piece, right? Of, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. So I have a, we have a new sort of segment that's going to be happening on the YouTube channel. Um, nice. 
we're gonna i'm gonna be interviewing lawrence owen twice a week we're gonna break it up and put out little tidbits of it throughout the week and it's basically because we have been uh accused guys of being biased towards the patriots and kind of makes sense yes and and (laughs) connor you see it in the chat a lot yeah, we are consistently asked, uh, can you bring somebody on from the other side of the argument or a different perspective? Now we do that with master at work. He's pretty blunt with a lot of things, but so Lawrence is a Colts fan. Lawrence right. doesn't like the Patriots, but he, he doesn't, he hates the Patriots to be honest with you, but he doesn't hate on the Patriots. Yes. We did our first interview tonight and it went well and you're going to see the first video tomorrow as well as his uh film breakdown of corey davis of course we released earlier today an interview i did with him about corey davis and the i asked him i was like listen i was like are patriot fans spoiled and i'm gonna ask you guys the same question like look we had one (laughs) one season removed from tom brady and it's fire josh mcdaniels put belichick on the hot seat let's go is this just like our spoiled entitlement coming out in us Yes. yes. <laughs> Although I will say that Josh McDaniels thing, I've heard that for a few years now. So I don't think that's new. I think that now that Brady's gone and then the offense didn't flourish this season, then it just put more of a hardcore focus on trying to get rid of him. Cause I've been arguing with people for years. Oh, they want to get rid of him. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, chill out. Let's chill out. Yeah. Chill out. What do you I mean, about? I, I kind of agree with both statements, though. I mean, yes, the Patriots fan base is definitely spoiled, myself included. I mean, it's been a ridiculous 20-year run, and now at the first sign of like things not going astronomically well like they have, we're all upset. But, I mean, Josh McDaniels just wasn't that good this season, so that's a little bit separate, I feel like, from being like the spoiled fan base that we 100% are. He also does deserve like some criticism for his lack of creativity with the play calling, but 100% we are the most spoiled fan base. Now, when we talk about lack of creativity, are we talking about third and nine and throwing a screen pass? Yes, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much stuff like that. Where that and just not really using Cam Newton to his abilities, in my opinion. Him just kind of running the same offense that he ran in 2017 here, when it should be completely different. Now, is there a possibility that? he didn't have many other options because Lawrence and I did discuss this tonight. And I actually brought up this point when you're on third and nine, yeah. there's not a lot of options for you, right? right? There's right. not a lot of options. And the, the playbook gets very small at third and nine and the Patriots were a team this year. That field position was very important. Mm-hmm. You're also talking about a quarterback and let's be honest with it. That was one to two on touchdowns, interceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. He threw way more interceptions than he threw touchdown passes. So when you have that kind of thing, I think that, honestly, I think that they had to play it safe, uh, not just because of Cam Newton playing poor, but outside of Jacoby Myers, who are you going to throw the football to? That's a very good point as well. I got to say that he didn't have much to work with either. So I, I we can't say it was on Josh McDaniels. Absolutely. You're, you're 100% correct there. Because I'm going to throw... Think- oh, go ahead, okay. sir. I was just going to say for um, the team this year too, they were a very run first team. And most mm-hmm. of the time you're not going to want to run it on third and nine or any, you know, anything is, and they might've relied on cam um, if, if he was on the team a few years ago, but he's not the same runner that he was either. So even though they had some really great running backs, it's just, there's, there's really, like you said, there was really, it was a lose, lose situation basically, no matter what you did. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the whole thing. And I think playing it safe turned into a situation because uh, Connor, because you and I, 
uh, we have really roller coastered with Josh McDaniels because yes. there was a time when everybody was mad at Josh McDaniels and we kept saying, what do you want him to do? He doesn't have the personnel to play the calls. And then right. as the season went on, you and I grew more and more frustrated with Josh McDaniels. And I, I think a little bit of that, and at least in my opinion, is we were a little bit influenced by our audience who was very, you know, upset. Uh, we know uh, we had Joe who worked for the show at the time who just kept, you know, he wrote article after article about vanilla play calling and, yep. and, and that's going all the way back to last year, upset with the play calling. But if you look at last season and this season, the offense sucked both yes. seasons. And yes. could you put that on Josh McDaniels or do you put that on, you know, Mohamed Sanu not being the Mohamed Sanu we were hoping for? Nikhil Harry not panning out in year one or year two. Jacoby Myers being your best receiver. Julian Edelman being hurt for both seasons. Played through it last year. This season couldn't get through six games. Tight end sucked last year. They were yep. even worse this year. I mean, I thought it was when they drafted Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene, I thought it was impossible that the tight end situation <laughs> could get worse from what we I saw did too. with Ben Watson, Matt Lacoste, and Ryan yeah. Izzo. And yet Ryan Izzo had his one catch for 20 yards every week until yep. he got injured again because that just seems to be the story of Ryan Izzo. And Asiasi made his first catch week 17, and Dalton Keene, I don't think, made a catch this season. So I kind of sit there and go, what was Josh McDaniels supposed to do besides run the ball four times in this red zone? Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a very good point, man. He really had nobody to work with. I mean, they were one of the weakest um, teams talent-wise. I mean, like you said, the tight end position somehow took a step backwards, which again, I didn't think was possible either. I mean, this year I was, I was wishing that we still had Matt Lacoste out there. Um, yeah. And then Jacoby Myers was, was playing in a number one, which we've all said, you know, he was more, he should be more of a two guy. Yeah. He didn't have a lot to work with, I guess. So it's, it's tough to criticize him when you think of it, when you really think of it like deeply in that aspect. I do want to point out to everybody. Oh, go ahead. I I have two things I wanted to say. off topic. Okay, I just wanted to add two things. Um, one is I think that because we aren't used to a season, a losing season or an unsuccessful season, no matter what you want to call it, um, I think a lot of people are trying to pinpoint what exact the issue is and they want to try and find the one person yes. to blame. And yes. I think that like this season, it was a culmination of a bunch of things that happened, a bunch of different people. Absolutely. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, Josh McDaniels is getting most of the flack because – for the most part, the offense was terrible. So I feel like that's what the focus is. But I think it was just McChicken too that I want to point out too. He said um, the offense changed a lot once Burkhead went down. And I believe that 100%. He was on pace to have the best season of his career. And since he's such a dual player at his position, I really do think that maybe the offense wouldn't have gotten significantly better if he played the entire year, but losing him in the passing game, especially that definitely, I would agree hurt the team way more than maybe anyone would have anticipated. Yeah. He, he was their only spark this year on offense. He really was. And when he went Mm -hmm. down, they didn't really have that spark anymore. And I appreciate shout out to the, I, I forget who said it, but they said Rexy and I, Call him Rexy, as we know, <laughs> sexy Rexy. Just an update: the Bruins are now trailing three to two against the Philadelphia Flyers with ten twenty-two left in the game, and we Dope. did get our first donation right off Woo-hoo! the hop. But I had to get through our subject. Yo, yo. First. 
Thank Mr. you, Ross. Mr. Ross, thank you for the donation. Before we even get your comment, Ross likes to bug me about my sunglasses I've been wearing the last couple nights. So you'll notice <laughs> the sunglasses are gone. I got my new special glasses in. You see there's a little bit of a tint to them. These are supposed to protect my eyes. I've had them on since 3.30. I can tell you that my head still hurts because I had a headache before they came, but I have not gone cross-eyed since I put them on. So it's obviously doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, whatever my health concerns were, people are actually making comments in this in the comments. I don't know if you saw that, uh, Connor, but some guy told me to take my my shades off, and I, I like, did well. see that. And I just kind of said to him, "If you'd watch the whole thing, you realize I'm dealing with a medical issue right now, and that's why right. I'm wearing them." Right. But he says the tank for Trevor Fantasy Football League thoughts. So he put this out on Twitter last night. He wants to start a fantasy football league last year, where but you have to come in last. Not coming first, <laughs> you have to come in last. And I thought that that was a really unique idea. But yes. I, you'd have to put rules in place. Like you have to start starters. You have to start people right. who are projected starters, but try to try to play the worst starters in the league. Like honestly, one... you, you could have put the whole Patriots offense outside of Damian Harris and you would have just oh my killed goodness. the league this year. Imagine, a mixture yeah. of them and, and the Cincinnati Bengals would have just been the perfect thing. And then like have like, like I don't know, except Andy Dalton as your quarterback. <laughs> I feel like that would be such a fun draft. I would take Ryan Izzo in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, would he would be a so first fun. round pick. Could you yeah, imagine? Like, you got to think of guys that are just like useless. Like, you got to yeah. think of like, okay, so I'll give you. Uh, I don't know Gunner gets too many special team points. Um, That's true. <laughs> but you got to think of guys who are just like, like, okay, I'll give you uh, <laughs> massive picks for like Demir Bird. Yeah, (laughs) I'll give you my next two first round picks for Demir Bird. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. Nick Folk wouldn't even get drafted in that league then. Mm -mm. Oh, man. Sarah with a hat is a different bread. I love being different bread. Different bread. bread? What type of bread is different? That's what I want to know. Banana bread. I love banana bread. I'm okay with that. Nice. <laughs> Thank you for that comment. I appreciate it. All right. Um, so big day today. Big anniversary today. Probably should have led the show off with this one. But There's a lot. Was, Which one is it? But like 55 mm. years ago today. It wasn't 55 years ago. Uh, there was a, a, a New England area businessman who was oh. a season ticket holder of the New England Patriots and sat through the misery of the New England Patriots in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And he decided that if he could ever get his hands on the Patriots, all he wanted to do was bring a championship to New England. Well, Mr. Kraft, mission accomplished. That's a I'm big gonna give that. I'm going to give that man a round of applause, man. Absolutely. The Mission hero. accomplished. You know, and that's the whole thing. We always get into this whole Brady versus Belichick debate a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Is Robert Kraft not a part of that pillar? Does he not have to be in that conversation, A, for owning this team, B, bringing on Bill Belichick, who brought on Tom Brady, and yep. then being the guy to take that, what was a fractured relationship, and actually kept them together for like two more Super Bowls? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Brady wanted to leave in 17 and came back in 18 and won number six for New right. England. Uh, whether that Super Bowl game, okay, Super Bowl game, 
wasn't because of Brady, but go back to the AFC Championship game against Kansas City. He was a big part of it, especially, you know, driving in overtime and on third downs. Yeah. Robert Kraft, January 21st, 1994, bought the Patriots with the goal of winning a championship. The Patriots are now worth, I think I saw on Twitter today, $4.4 billion. $4.4 billion. And you know what's crazy is that there that's not even the most in the league. And the growth that he's had is uh, uh, astronomical, but it's crazy when you think about how high of a number that is. And it's like, oh, no, like the Cowboys are worth more. And you're like, what? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, he had to launch like every penny he owned and leverage it into buying the team, too. Yes. Thank God he, he almost, did. Because he almost didn't otherwise, get it. Yeah, because they were going to move to what, like St. Louis or something? That they almost the... moved to Connecticut as well. They almost moved to mm-hmm. St. Louis. Yeah, they, they almost moved a couple times. We wouldn't be here without Mr. Kraft, basically. I know. Shout out to Mr. Kraft, man. Got a yes. lot of thank you, Mr. Kraft. Yes. McChicken, man's a winner in the NFL and in court. <laughs> yes, he, he is. He, he did a lot of stuff to get the team. <laughs> ruthless, a ruthless McChicken. A lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot yep. of people happy. I mean, yeah, I think that it's uh, – I, I, I like, you know, extra guac, great name. Uh, that's right up there with McChicken. Uh, that is you know, extra just, guac. <laughs> you know, I like that the Pats have their own planes. I mean, I love that. You yeah. guys watch those Do Your Job series on YouTube, the ones that actually got them into into Spygate 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, like you see the facilities they have, like to like the locker room, like the just the the fitness centers, the equipment, the 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 kitchen that they have in there, the nutritionist, the 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 like. Michelin star chefs that that he invests in to make that team so comfortable. The money that they put into the new locker room, uh, absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, Mister Kraft, just like the you know, customization on the plane too is insane. Like the extra wide seats with the tons of leg room, and and how beneficial was that to have that plane this year? Yeah, with, he, with COVID, I mean, I'm yep. sure other teams were jealous that they didn't have their own. He, he also used that plane to bring in uh, PPE for the state of Massachusetts when they needed mm-hmm. it back in March. He did. How about mm-hmm. a shout-out to him opening up Gillette Stadium now as a, as a, as a vaccine center, right? And yep. he donated to the Barstool Fund, too, for the small businesses. Like, whether or not you like Barstool is a little irrelevant, but giving money to small businesses to help them with COVID. He was the first and only at the time. Um, the Patriots organization were the first sports team to donate, which I thought was really cool, too. Well, These things that, are like second nature with Robert Kraft, I feel like. Yeah. Well, that's because of Myra, though, right? Myra yeah. was so chair. Well, I mean, it's now in every Patriots contract that they have to they have to do charity work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like in Canada, if you're a cop, you have to do so many hours of charity work a year. It's a part of your employment agreement. To be a New England Patriot, you have to do so much charity work. And that was all because of Myra. I really, yeah. I, Guys, I'm going to say again, if you haven't read The Dynasty – or yeah. listen to it on tape, like whatever it may be on Audible, wherever you just read the dynasty. Um, you know the story. The whole thing is I've read so many books, Belichick, Brady. Yeah. I, you know, I've read so many Patriots books. And you're kind of going through it, and it's just like this chronological order of events. And you're kind of like, I already know this part. I already know this part. The only part in the dynasty that ever I kind of go, oh, is when they're giving me game recaps. It's like, okay, I already know what happened. I'm kind of just trying to, you know, I'm kind of power reading through it. 
but even the intricacies of the story that I already knew, but the things they bring up that I didn't phenomenal book. Jeff Benedict did an amazing 100%, job. Yeah. That was an amazing job by him. 100%. Oh man. Well, Connor, you got any uh, Red Sox stuff for us? I do. I did see a quote today from Sam Kennedy, who's like the president or the CEO, or he's, he's one of the guys that's been involved with the Red Sox for a long time. And he was kind of saying something similar to what Bill Belichick said this year. And he was just saying 2021 might be, not be the year that they go all in like they did in 2018. And in order to win back then, they kind of depleted their farm system. And now basically what you were saying last night, right? They're kind of in a position where they have to grow. And he just kind of came right out and said that. So now I guess we kind of see what, what they're working with and probably why they're not spending the money on the people that we might have wanted him to spend it on the past couple weeks. And he just kind of came out and said, you know, look, this is where we're at. We depleted the farm system. We sold out a little bit to win the championships in the past. And now we have to deal with the repercussions of that. So I thought that was interesting. So I guess 2021 might not be the year, but it's good to see that they're at least building for the future. Yeah, and you build for the future. You try to find those succession plans. You still got Chris Sale, who has been a bit of a disappointment since signing the big contract, but you still got guys in the system. I think when they wouldn't sign Mookie Betts, and that's when you knew... Yeah, I mean that was the telltale sign. We're rebuilding, right? Like right. We're, we want, and you sold Mookie Betts and David Price, right, in the same trade, and brought in a boatload of young guys. Um, take it from somebody in Toronto, and I said this last night. Anybody who hears it, there, I know it's a repeat, but take it from somebody in Toronto. I, they watched this Blue Jays team deplete their farm system. We're talking about guys like Noah Syndergaard pitching for the Mets. So R.A. Dickey could pitch for the Blue Jays. Right. And then Shapiro came in, and, and the Blue Jays went through after going to the uh, AL Championship a couple of years in a row, went through exactly what the Red Sox are going through. Josh Donaldson got traded away. He was an MVP two years prior to that. You know, uh, we had David Price, and then Boston signed him for a gajillion dollars, and they didn't even, you know, and they just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So they break down that whole thing, but now you got Bichette, Biggio, all those yep. kind of guys, Vladdy, you know, Gretchek, they just now they now they 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 bought Ryu last year. They got a young a lot of homegrown talent. They traded away Marcus Stroman. Uh they traded away Aaron Sanchez. They traded away Roberto Ozuna for other reasons, but you know, to to the Houston. Now they made the investment and now this Blue Jay team looks like they're going to be good for the next you know, five years at least, right? Yeah, yeah, it makes it well worth it in that sense. So you may go through one more bad year with Boston, possibly two as you're, far, as you're, you know, you're replenishing the farm system and getting up and up and up, but it's only going to get better. Right, I, I think last season was the rock bottom. So from here, they're going to start to build up. So that's a good news for the Red Sox fan is, is they've already hit the bottom. I think from now we're going to start building to get better, so. Ross again, man. Big donation. Woo-hoo. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate it from fiance. The odds. Thank you, the sir. Sox opening day happens. I'm going to say 95% at this point. Um, anyone who is watching here on Twitter, the governor is lifting the um, curfew. So that's a good sign so far. 
Um, I think they're starting to finally get all of the, uh, not all of, but like a good amount of the vaccine getting out there. So it looks like things are trending in the right direction. I'm even hearing that by the summer, they might fill half of Fenway Park at 50% capacity. So I think by April, they, there's a good chance that they're going to have opening day without a hitch. Probably no fans, but I think they'll play. I can't tell you how much that depresses me. I mean, I'm happy for you guys. I'm so yep. happy for, for Mass, and I hope it's the same things happen in Arizona. But, you know, my province here, first of all, we just found out we're out of vaccines. Already? Uh, yeah, we don't know when any more are coming. Oh, boy. Uh, apparently, our premier went and screamed at the president of, Vi of Pfizer or whatever. But, you know, they're out here flexing like, oh, we're now up to 236,000 people vaccinated. My province has a population of 14.2 million people. <laughs> yeah, that's not, it sounds like a big number until you put it into perspective. I've just realized, I did the math. They're on pace to having us all vaccinated by, 20, by the end of 2024. <laughs> by then, I wouldn't even get it at that point. Like, like four, I, years, I, four years later. I mean, it's it, it, the, the sports world. McChicken and I were talking about uh, the, the hockey game tonight, which, by the way, the Bruins and Philly are now tied 3-3. Uh, so Boston's finally figured out how to score, but, um, we talked about like hockey this year is even weird. Like they have the all Canadian division, no fans in the stands, you know, like for yeah. like the Bruins, it, it's, you know, home field or home ice advantage is huge. Same with like the Montreal sure. Canadians, you know, they're a rocking fan group as well. It's like, you know, it's huge advantages for people. Um, even the Raptors can't play in Canada this, this season. They're down in, uh, Orlando, yeah, Miami, the, Tam the Tampa Bay Raptors. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have fans. It pisses us off in Toronto because they're not in Toronto. We can't watch them. Mm -hmm. But, uh, oh, it's now 4-3. to three. It just updated on NHL.com. I don't have the game mm -hmm. streaming live. 4-3 to three, Boston. The Bruins have the lead over Philly. Wow. Go Bruins, go. It's just a Boston versus Philly week, apparently. Seriously. I think we need to give this a shout out, Connor. Our boy Marcus Hanna. Oh wow! Nice. Made his own podcast. What's I it called, it. Marcus? We're gonna have yeah. to check that out. We will check it out for sure. You gonna have the McCordy twins on it? You should. Yeah, you probably will. Get them right? on there. I mean, you should tell them I'm a guest on your show every week. You should come do my show. It's only fair. Maybe you could mention us every once in a while. Yeah. Speaking of mentioning us, before we get into some Celtic stuff. Did you guys hear Locked On Patriots today? I, I did. I, I heard it. Um, I heard it. I listened to it after your tweet because it came out and then like immediately you tweeted and said that. So I was like, okay, I need to listen. Dude, he, so I asked him a question. I'll ask you guys the same question, but I asked him a question and before he answered it, Connor, he just gave such a glowing review of Dear Pat's Nation. Really? Of you, me, Sarah, like just absolutely talked about it being one of the one of the best patriots podcasts nice. out there and he's got a big following and a lot of downloads on those locked on podcasts so i'm hoping that we get a little bit of between wee i appreciate and, that and man now wow. locked on patriots yeah we just got two of the biggest plugs we possibly could have got over the last like week right right i yeah. appreciate that man that's good news things are rolling yeah i know when i first mentioned i think it was when i was on the show with you guys for the first time Mike mentioned it to me or I mentioned it to him. I don't know. We speak often, obviously. Um, he's my editor. So um, 
he was happy for me and he was telling me how great you guys are and how great your show is and like you guys are good guys and blah 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 so basically just reiterating it again today on the podcast so that's pretty cool so he that knew is who cool. we were yeah of course he knew yeah that's fantastic i thought that's, he just yeah. found out who we were because of you so that's even that makes me no, feel like no, better he, about myself that's yeah, funny no, i'm he, always surprised when people know were. us <laughs> yeah no i he was happy for me and then he was just saying you know ray's a really good guy connor's a good guy the show is awesome whatever so just nice. reiterating that what Smaller. he said today is in fact true genuine i love that i love that's that what's so up. we got great mike's a good luck. dude well i got great feedback from the weei guys you did yeah and then now we got great feedback from Matt, Mike Abbott, who's phenomenal. Maybe it's because I know his boss. Maybe it's because Ian and I are boys that, that he's just, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to Ian, but I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm nice about that. I love this. me too. Oh man. All right. What's going on in Celtics world, Sarah? Okay. Well, I have like a recap of last night and then there's another game tomorrow. They're actually playing the Sixers again tomorrow. So that's why I was saying it's like Boston Philly this week. Sorry, one second. It's 4-4 now with 3-3 yeah. left. Okay, so a lot of people were not thrilled with the game last night, obviously. Um, but as we've talked before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. <Yes. laughs> that's, I mean. I, I've I've been coming for some people who are Patriots fans and they're like Chiefs are our team, blah 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 and I'm like mm, mm I don't like that it's we don't want the Chiefs to win we're Bills fans this week temporarily yep because like we said before the Bills haven't done anything to us for however long the Chiefs are annoying their fan base yes. sorry is annoying I'm tired yes. of Mahomes is the goat it's annoying I'm just His over girlfriend's it. annoying. Yeah, her her line about her experience to let is annoying. Yep. Okay, uh, Patrick Mahomes' brother's TikToks are annoying. Okay, so <laughs> you're hitting all the of nail on the head annoying. here. Oh, yes. I go on and on about this. Okay, you guys just get to listen to it. My family just unfortunately is like, okay, okay, Sarah's talking about this again. Like, anyway, okay, so um, I want to tell people don't freak out about the game last night because even though it went as badly as it did, they lost by eight points. Okay, so the biggest problems in the game. This is my breakdown here. Big one is there is no Tatum, and it was announced again today that they thought he would be able to be back on Friday. He's not. So Tatum's out again um, with health and safety stuff. People think that he's allowed to come back, like he's COVID-free or whatever, but they think that um, he's probably on a mission trying to get you know back the routine of things. It's the same thing with like Robert Williams was cleared to come back, but I guess he's on such a – like minute restriction at what there was no point in him playing last night. Um, another thing was they were really bad on three points. They were 12 for 33. That was horrible. Yeah. Philly made, uh, I mean, they did worse. We were at 36%. They were at 33, but still missing free throws. They were 13 of 20. It's another problem. Philly had uh, 45, three throws, three free throws. I always mess that up. Um, and they made 36 of them. So that's killer. Not to mention, we want to say Embiid had 21 himself. He made 17, but 21 free throw attempts. Like, that's insane. Um, Marcus Smart talked about it at the end of, um, like, during his press conference, too. He said, quote, he shot alone 21 free throws, and we shot 20. You can't beat that. He's probably going to get fined for that, which a lot of people were talking about. But he's not lying. 
So um, Kemba talked about it too, because of course uh, they didn't do well on guarding Embiid at all. Uh, Al uh, Horford has been their main guy that's shut down Embiid. And of course the last two seasons he's been gone. So it's not going well. So Kemba said, uh, we need to help our bigs. Stopping Embiid is not a one-man thing that's close to impossible. So if they can work on that somehow for tomorrow, if they can shut down Embiid, because not only that, he got 42 points. Like, And there was no one even near him. Like Ben Simmons was a complete non-factor in this game. So, um, But a good thing, too, is Kemba minute restrictions going up, so he'll be able to play which is good. He was on fire last night. Um, I mean, Jalen had a good game. He had 26 points. Marcus Smart, he had 25 points. Even Tice had uh, 23 points. So I think that people just need to chill. Like like I said before the game, Philly is a, a common opponent that they have. Uh, they're very familiar with each other. So um, they don't have Tatum. Uh, Robert Williams, who had a great beginning of the season, hasn't been able to play. So chill out, guys. It's still the beginning. We're going to be okay. Tatum's coming back. Marcus Marcus Smart made a play last night where he, like, drove into the paint and, Mm -hmm. like, drew the entire Philly defense into him. And I think he threw to, like, Williams at the three-yard line or the three-point line. And Williams could have, like, sat down, made a tee, let it steep, drink it and then sit up and take a <laughs> shot because that's how just like that's how open he was but i had yeah. a l- i got a little bit of a laugh when i saw that marcus smart was calling out joel and bead for flopping now don't get me wrong joel and bead is a flopper yes but who the hell is marcus smart to come out and call somebody a well, flop and i and i mean that's why I think Embiid kind of like laughed at it too when they told him what Smart said. So he was kind of like, mm, like he knows himself, like he knows what type of game he plays. I think that probably came more from the frustration of Embiid getting 21 free throws. And that's another thing too. That's been an issue this season. I forget like a few games and the Celtics didn't get any free throws or, or Tatum didn't, I'm sorry. And it was yeah. like, what are, what, how is that happening? So it's a little bit odd. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that that flailing and whatever th- comment came from frustration. Well, the best part was was Perkins came out and he's like, Marcus Smart. He's the one who's like, Marcus Smart is the, yeah. like one of the biggest flops in the league. Like, who yeah. the hell is he? I, I think and my our boy Corey, who's on Twitter a lot, he wrote something like, "Yeah, they both flop." He's mm-hmm. like, and Embiid just you know every time Embiid flops, he gets a foul. He's like. Why would he stop? You know, mm-hmm. like, and he was, and I don't think he was saying it insulting. He's like, it's smart that if mm-hmm. you're going to draw a foul, and I mean, he needs a star in the league. If you're going to draw a foul every time you flop, why? It's up to the referees, yeah, to, to 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 change this up. But yeah, I found that really really funny when I saw when I saw that, and I was just like, like I, you know, that that tweet like of the two Spider Mans pointing at each other, mm-hmm. that meme, like yes. to me, yeah. like, that's exactly what that was to me. Yeah, it's probably just like it's it's not working for Smart so much, so you know, I mean, it's part of the game now. That's just like what happens. Like you see, it and you're like, yeah, nothing. And, and it's funny because um, I don't remember who I, I think it was my sister, my mom or my sister. I was watching a game, and a player flopped, 
and they were like oh my god they look really hurt and i was like give them a second this is just what happens like if they get up and they start walking normally it was flop and that's exactly what happened like after the ref was like oh that's a foul then they got up and were magically better like walking to the bench like skipping (laughs) and stuff and i'm like see this is what i'm saying like they sell it they get it and it works all right i want to go back to baseball a little bit if we can Connor, what's going to happen with Chris Bryant, man? That's a good question, man. I haven't even thought about him. Is he a free agent? No, but he, he, I think he's a free agent next year, but there's trade rumors like crazy about him. I thought I thought for sure he would have been traded already. That's a good question. I mean, after what Sam Kennedy said today, he's probably not going to come to Boston. I'll say that much. Um that's a good question, man. I'd have to say that somebody who's a contender would be interested in him. I know he's getting older, but I mean, I, I would imagine somebody who's trying to make a run. Maybe they, maybe even the Blue Jays would try and go after him. But after after what I heard out of out of uh, the Red Sox, one of the Red Sox head honchos today, they're probably looking to do the exact opposite than than trade for somebody like Chris Bryant. You know, it's funny. I'm thinking of the Blue Jays because I thought of that. Like, do they? Do they do it? Do they make that move? You know what I mean? Right. But then, like, I'm sitting here like, where's he going to play? Oh, he's not that old. For some reason, I, he's he's only going to be 30. He, I mean, I yeah, was thinking I, he was he was older. I just don't know whose job he's going to play. The, the the They now, would, with Springer now coming to the team, the Blue Jays have are full of. Yeah. Are they're, they're full of, of, of outfielders. Right. Um. I guess Santiago Espanol is their only third baseman. I guess I was gonna say I know he can play third base, but you know what? They might put somebody at DH. But they if he if they did want him, they 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 honestly don't really need him to be honest. I was just saying somebody who's trying to compete this season would want him. I'm just I don't think it's like Vlad's the DH. Right, because or Telez, it's all or or Kevin, or you know what I mean. Or I forgot Asia. about Telez, man. They're stacked. The Blue Jays are stacked. Yeah, so you have Rowdy Telez and Vladimir. Rowdy Telez is a Red Sox killer. So one of them is going to be DH. One of them is going to be a first baseman, and yep. they're out. And their yep. outfield is You're now. Right. When you look at that, you got Grijek and Davis and Jonathan yep. Davis out in center field. Then you got uh, Teoscar Hernandez, mm-hmm. Kevin Biggio, who can play second base, right field, first base. I mean, the he's like a Brock so Holt. Talented. They just play that kid anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's they got uh and um Alejandro Kirk, like they got Derek Fisher. They I I and now they got Springer, who's obviously right. going to to take up a piece. So I just I, I never thought I'd ever say this, but like the Blue Jays don't need Chris Bryant. No, they really don't. They I mean they I don't know what they would do with them. It w- almost wouldn't make sense for them to, you know, allot that type of money to him, but they just they're stacked right now. Uh, he's. I wonder. He. I, I wonder who needs a third baseman or or an outfielder or a DH. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think somebody who's just looking for somebody who can hit because then they can figure that out afterwards. Because I'm sure he can play somewhere else other than third base. That's a huge thing we're seeing in baseball a lot. Is before players played their specific position. Now you'll see somebody go from a third baseman to a first baseman, and it won't even be that big of a deal. <laughs> So Ross again, Ross, you are Woo-hoo. too kind, man. Thank He's you so man. much for the donation. Says, did Sarah get a ton of flack when the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall came out? By the way, can I get a shout out to my beautiful fiance, Brianne? Brianne, mm-hmm. what's up? What's up? Shout Brienne. out to Brianne. Brianne, you're a, you're a 
no ross you're a lucky man i don't even have to meet her to know that that you're just a lucky man and before sarah answers that question i just want you guys to know the first time i ever spoke with sarah i told her that my favorite movie is forgetting sarah marshall so nice <laughs> i get that a lot actually like people i just was talking to another friend of mine because um he was going back and forth with a friend with like, they were having kind of like a gif war on Twitter and it was a gif war of forgetting Sarah Marshall gifts. So then he tagged me and he's like, I feel like my friend Sarah needs to be a part of this. So then I was like adding (laughs) some. Um, So that was funny. Anyway. um, Did I get a lot of flack? No. The good thing is I heard about it when I was in high school. It was when they were filming it and I didn't believe it because I was like, there's no way like this is such an average name but okay and then the movie came out and i really 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 wanted to go and see it in theaters um and i wanted them to id me because at the time it came out i think i was like 18 or 19 but i look pretty young so i i knew they'd id me and i wanted to see if they would let me get in for free (laughs) because of my name (laughs) they should have they would have had to I know. And I unfortunately never went. So I didn't see the movie until I think someone bought it for me, like the unrated version on DVD. So um, luckily, most people really liked the movie. So if I get anything from it, people are like, is that your real name? Oh, my God. I can't believe that's your name. I love that movie. It's so funny. I don't really get the negative like connection there. So I'm thankful that it was a good movie. Yes, yeah, that helps because it was such a good movie. I feel like everyone liked it. Yeah, I'm because if it was bad, I would hate to have my name connected. The only good thing is, is that it has an H, so at least I can be like, well, H. I don't have an H, so because H's are ill, as we've said. So McChicken was just asking about Travis Shaw, uh, former Red Sox. I believe he played for the Blue Jays. Uh, he did, and I think he's with the Milwaukee uh, Brewers. No, he no no. He came to Toronto after the Brewers. Oh okay. He's a free agent this year. Just uh, look at that- his. Look at McChicken's last <laughs> comment. He's kind of fat. He plays Pablo. For us. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pablo. Pablo Sanchez. I mean, Panda. Yeah, Panda is, was just a total bum. Fake but, injuries. He he was just a waste of money for the Red Sox through and through. He was one of the worst signings I've ever seen. And the 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 funniest part is is. Every gif, every meme, anything that could have happened to him, like his belt blowing up in the yeah. middle of a play. Like he's just And then I read afterwards that he was putting like Coca-Cola in like the Gatorade bottles and drinking it during the games. <laughs> like he he was doing all sorts of stuff. Was Travis that- Shaw man could kind it can kind of hit the long ball, but I think his average last year, the past couple of years, has been pretty bad. Like Travis Shaw, if he doesn't hit a home run, he doesn't do much. McChicken says, I gotta share this. Pablo Pablo had more broken. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Well, you guys gave him like a trillion dollars, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, they gave him big money. They brought him and Hanley Ramirez in, in the same year when David Ortiz was still here, and then he just did absolutely nothing. Uh who has the best organization not based on championships? Ravens or Patriots? Patriots. A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Just in general, I think the Patriots have an outstanding organization outside from championships. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great, great analysis. 
I have a funny story. I want to tell Ray. Oh, I'll tell both of you, everyone listening. But this one. Don't tell Connor. Connor, take your headphones. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just (laughs) peace. So I was my friend yesterday about, um, I think it's like about the draft or whatever. And I just asked him, do you think uh, the Patriots are going to take at 15? And he said he thinks a defensive player, like a lineman or something. I don't know. And I was like, really? You don't think a quarterback? He was like, no, he doesn't like Mac Jones. So that's his opinion. And then he was like, you didn't hear it from me, but I hear J.J. Watt to the Patriots might be a thing. And I was like, okay. So I I immediately was like, what? And I was like, I'm going to have to tell Ray this because what? And then he was like, an incredibly unreliable source. And I was like, did you really just do that like you tell you drop this bomb and then you're like by the way the guy like he lies or like he's <laughs> like what was the point of telling me this? i'm like i'm just glad that i didn't text ray being like oh my god you won't believe it and then it was like lol just kidding it was from like the you know the homeless guy that lives outside of gillette i just i don't understand like still, still more point. reliable than mo channel yeah, oh, 100%. Oh, no. But Mo, I was Mo just channel, like... Mo Channel's most accurate damn channel on Twitter. First yeah. down on Twitter. So I was like, okay. So I just thought I would tell you because it was funny and a little ridiculous. And I kind of wanted to like throw my phone at his face if he was here. But Somebody, So there's a chance, right? There's a chance. We just got a comment today, too, that said, I love your show. But can you guys please not talk about unrealistic moves like trading for the <laughs> Hey, at least I let you know it was very unreliable source. Okay? You didn't hear it from me. You didn't hear it from him. You heard it from someone else. That's okay, not we're, we're not going to read this comment out loud because we're going to get flagged. But just read it. Everybody else okay. read it. Mm-hmm. I believe so. I would I, say I, yes. I, Yes, I believe so. There were there were very few that played in. This teams. is true. Yes. Teams, yes. yes, with an S. Yeah, there. Yeah, there are other teams. Allegedly. Oh, Dominic was the one. Dominic said he's the one who told us not to uh, not to talk about JJ. Whoopsie. I I didn't Sorry, bring it sir. up, Dominic. You heard it. I didn't bring it up. Sorry, that was just a funny story. Okay, don't hate on me. I, was I wasn't still... there for this. I wasn't here for that comment, though. I don't remember I... people telling me that. I would still give up body parts for yes. for JJ Watt. Yes. Sorry that it wasn't um, uh, though. Is Richard Seymour going to be a Hall of Famer or what? I hope so. I think he should be. Finally, he had, he had a great career because even after the after when he left the Patriots, he was really good for the Raiders. I mean, he, the main guy is going to be Peyton, obviously. Yeah, so. Peyton's going to make it. Yeah, he's hands. He has to make it hands down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knew he'd be first ballot. It's like, what is even the point of voting? It's just like, okay, Peyton, when when it's finally the five years, just here's your jacket and your bus. Right. Here you go. Yep. Kind of like Brady. I have to agree with Pat Stein. Bring back. I agree. Back Patriots uniforms. The Reds. I- I was going to say that, too, because he said that Ravens have better uniforms. I'm like, ah, well, it depends on which uniforms you were looking at. Mm-hmm. What is they're, I didn't, old school. they're old school. I didn't, hate, cool. I didn't hate the 2020 uniforms. I know that's like a like a very like controversial subject because a lot of people hate them. But one, I'm going to say, I liked that they got new ones because it's like the you know post-Brady era. So I think they needed new ones. <laughs> Bruins win, y'all. Yeah, buddy. And um, but I didn't hate them. I really liked them. I think a lot, a lot of people didn't like them, and they want new ones for the new season. But I I actually liked them. 
when those white jerseys first came out, I hated them. Like I did I, too. My immediate reaction was I hate them. The next day I ordered one because mm-hmm. they, they grew on me very quickly. What did you think of them, Connor? I honestly have always kind of liked all the jerseys they've had, but I'm very easy to, um, I'm an easy customer. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm not the, the, I'm not the best critic. By the way, I still have not received my Devin McCourty jersey that I ordered in April or whenever they released oh, that jersey. Oh my goodness, that's or, absurd. Or my Cam Newton that I ordered in just July, the day after the day got released. I thought you canceled that though. Didn't you say you canceled it? I reordered it. Oh, okay. I canceled. They reordered it. They said just do a reorder; it'll be good. I still haven't got it. Wow. You probably, you probably have to email or call them or something. I have to cancel it weird. again, and this time I'm going to say just give me my effing money back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't hate yeah so I liked the jerseys but I do I think that there's just something about the older ones like I have a Brady jersey from like 2008 or something and I really like those ones I liked the material back then too where it was more of the mesh like the traditional mesh now it's all like thicker well, fabric and yeah that's when they left Reebok and went to Nike that they got rid of the mesh and it's funny I'm so like I'm so happy there is no more match because I have a Brady too. I think from around that time, 2008, with the mm. it was the sort of that navy-ish blue. It wasn't the dark because they went to a darker blue a couple years ago, which mm-hmm. was almost like a like a gray blue that they went mm-hmm. to, kind of overnight. I do the one thing I do can well I can say that I didn't like is that they do look really similar to like the Texans. So I wish that there was a little bit more of like something different because i mean if you just looked at the jerseys they're so similar i feel like there's just nothing special about them raise lots on your guy asking <laughs> Steelers today. it might as well um i thought that i mean big ben's probably not retiring so he's probably gonna be the starting quarterback next year he's he said he was coming back yeah but... i thought mason rudolph had the inside track there i i touche I don't know. Good for Dwayne, I guess, from the Ohio State University. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I feel like I'm not in, su- right? I'm not surprised that, yeah, of all the organizations to give him a chance, the Steelers, I'm, doesn't surprise me. All right, Marcus keeps writing this. So I do know we have one bad season, but be ready to go on to 2020, the 2021 season. He's got the Patriots going nine wins and seven losses. It'll be better than last season uh, was. What do you think about that i agree i'm hoping it'll be even better than nine and seven i'm hoping they'll be 10 and six or 11 and five you know i'm i'm hoping they make the playoffs but i agree they're going to be better they're going to improve things are things are looking up i think they'll be better but it's hard to say without a quarterback when you don't know who the quarterback will be that's true big say will be inducted in a few years no we want it now hopefully he'll be in soon I think I would have to look at the list again because it might be tough competition again this year. I'm not sure, but I feel like he's a name that we shouldn't be seeing every single year being a finalist and then never making it. I think it's pretty right. ridiculous. KO Nation, we talked about that for the first 15 minutes of the podcast. We do not want to bore people. Um, mm. I'm okay with it. Connor's eh on eh. it. Sarah's like, bring Fine. it back. Yeah. Yes. Basically all parts of the spectrum here. Um, guys, we're getting to that time where we're just about to wrap up. Does McChicken have any Boston words I'm supposed to try to pronounce? <laughs> nature, but 
because the, the show just fell off the rails last night. It really, really did just fall off the rails. It, it, it happens. It happens. Insanely crazy. People would listen to us just babble on for an hour about like whatever we wanted. That would be pretty cool, but that would probably be a mess at the same time. Uh, the hot mess express. Yeah. We, uh, Oh, scared's we, we, here. Oh, scared is in, in the house. We'll get to scared in one second. When the initial, I don't know, form of this podcast was just Connor and I rambling on about nothing for yes. like two hours. Yeah. Literally like searching Twitter and like looking for Karen's and dancing <laughs> to weird songs and, and laughing at Carol Baskins. Like yeah. it was, that was literally <laughs> our, our whole show, but big shout out to our boy scared back in the house, paying my mortgage. Him yeah, and Ross, buddy. man, Nikhil Harry needs to switch to tight end. I've heard lots of people, lots of smart people, of people talk about wanting to see Nikhil Harry switch to tight end. What do you guys think about that? I feel like I should probably talk to my friend that uh, has worked with him in the past, see what his opinion is. That's a good point. I haven't talked to him recently, but I said I should talk to my friend that has worked with him and see like what his opinion is. I know he's probably wants to keep him at receiver, but I've never talked to him about that. I know that a lot of people are saying they think that uh, he would be better in that position, but who knows? Yeah, I don't... he is, yeah, you are. You guys just got to carry on when I freeze. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll just pop back in. I mean, the, Nikhil, turning the Nikhil Harry into a tight end project, I don't know. They already have two projects at tight end. I don't know if they want to throw Nikhil Harry in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Berkshire. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what, no, what I call it is fake Massachusetts. That's what I call it. What is it? I call it fake Massachusetts. Because it's it's Berkshire, but uh, I was watching the Bruins game tonight, and they called it Berkshire. That's what they said. Berkshire. Berkshire. You guys said sure. I call it Berkshire. Oh, my God. You guys can't even decide how to say things wrong. (laughs) You guys argue about how to say things wrong. Berkshire. It's Berkshire. Worcester. but, But when I was watching the... The Bruins game tonight, they're like, go over to Berkshire Bar or Berkshire Bank. And then oh, yeah. I, I brought it up in the in the group chat and McChicken just told me to deal with it. Fifty. <laughs> 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 <sighs> well, I've lived out, I was gonna say I've lived out of Massachusetts for a while, so I don't always remember everything. What everything was called. Connor's wrong. Connor Berkshire. is wrong. It's Berkshire. You know, you know what I know it from? Because, of course, I moved when I was 13. So I didn't know about all this. I know that it was called the, Berksh- the Berkshires or the Berkshires. Oh, my God. It could be either. From watching The Real Housewives of New York City because they go there all the time. So Mitchell so. Mullet went to high school there. Mitchell, phonetically spell it out for us how it's supposed yeah. to be said. Because the dude on the game... What's his name? Who calls the games for the Bruins? I don't know. Said Berkshire. Berkshire Banks. Mm. Who can- Owen, Owen says, who honestly can pronounce? Um, <laughs> me. Me. Worcestershire. Come on now. We got into a whole thing yesterday. It's, yeah. it's, it's Worcester sauce. <laughs> 
Oh man, the the show's going off the rails again. Yeah, why did we have to talk about Worcestershire? What happened? Did we go? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nation says Connor is wrong a lot. Uh, I mean, I can't disagree with that comment. <laughs> Connor, you've lost all credibility. I lost all credibility. That was like a that was weeks ago though. I that, thought I was going to gain some of it back, but apparently not. My favorite, my favorite line ever was him saying you lost credibility and you're like when did i ever have credibility? <laughs> <laughs> i know i didn't know i had credibility to lose people are always like what are you hearing about this i'm like the same shit you're reading yeah <laughs> i have like no sources my sources are like first of all i fight with the media so it's like i don't know it, it's i'm just uh is this Mitchell saying I'm correct though? Oh, I clicked on the wrong thing. Now I can't Mitchell, even do that right. Mitchell is wrong. We got, but we got a donation, so we can't. Oh we can't yeah, go. yeah. As far, as far as I'm concerned, Connor is wrong. But scared. <laughs> thank you so much for the donation, man. Truly thank appreciate. Thank you. We got to start doing something special when people, when people donate. I have like a horn or something. There we go. Um, I don't know. I got to get like a bell or something. We got to ring the bell. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Damian Harris for a thousand uh, rushing yards next year. You guys think it's possible? I think if he's healthy, it's not only possible, it's an absolute. I think if he's out there 14 plus games, he's definitely going to rush for a thousand yards. I, I'm i not saying it's impossible, but I'm interested to see how they split the workload between him and Sony. So, since, I mean, Sony came in at, towards the end of the season for him and was doing actually really well. Um, having them both healthy at the beginning of the season, I'm interested to see how they figure that out. Yeah, I think that that Damian Harris. I mean, you got to figure Sony Michelle for his first two seasons just fell short of a thousand yards both seasons. If you look at his his stats, I know people want to pretend like he ran for 500, but he really was very very close to it. Um, yeah, I mean, as long as, I think my issue with with Damian Harris is he's injured all the time. Right. And Mm -hmm. can he stay on the field enough to, to get to, to hit that thousand yards now? Sorry. One sec here. All of a sudden an ad, an ad played on the website I was on and I had like, (laughs) yeah, I heard (laughs) you heard. No, no. Yes, I did. I heard it a little bit. You guys could hear it through my headphones. That's how loud Mm -hmm. it was. Okay, so Andrew says he may be wrong sometimes, but you gotta love his scouting reports. That's so right. Connor, That's what I'm here for, man. To break down all these all these uh, rookies and all these incoming we, uh, college players for you. We want to look at the 69th ranked college prospect. He's a running back out of Memphis, Kenneth Gainwell. That's easy. Everyone he's, knows he, Gainwell. He's, he's, a, <laughs> he's a sophomore, five foot eleven, yep. 195 pounds. Ranked third amongst all running backs. Could you please give a breakdown of his success in the NFL? Everyone knows Gainwell, man. The key to his game is he he really needs to run fast, and he needs to follow his blockers, man. If they're able to create holes for him and he's able to hit the hole um, and use his speed, I could see him gaining a lot of yards. And if he's able to break tackles, that's going to get even better. So if he can combine his speed with his tackle-breaking abilities, he's going to be very successful. What could hinder his NFL career? Uh, injuries. 
If if he's to get injured, I think it's going to be a shorter career for him, and it's not going to be as successful, and he's just not going to gain that many yards. How much money do you see him making like in seven to eight years? I'd say between zero because he could be out of the league and uh, twenty million a season. So anywhere between zero and twenty million would be realistic for him. Well, you guys hear it first, man. Uh, if you had any doubts about Kenneth Gainwell, you just got the breakdown. I want he is a you. zero to twenty million dollar man, and we got a whole whack of of super chats here. Thank you again, yeah, Jamas. Let's start giving them a hand. Let's. <laughs> Sock season tickets cheaper during COVID, Connor? <laughs> they should be. I don't know how many tickets they're going to be able to sell. What I really want to know is that they're still going to charge $9 for a hot dog when you get in there. I'll wow. tell you this, though. If they're opened, I'll be there. $9 a hot dog? I might be exaggerating, but I'm not far off. No, because like that's what they charge here Yeah, for, for hot dogs, but that's that's Canadian. It's it's at, it's going to be at least five bucks or something these days, whatever it might be. Because just so you know, like nine dollars American, if I went to Fenway, would cost me like fourteen dollars Canadian for a hot dog. Right. Right. Yep. Oh man. Okay. We. Uh, oh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay. First of all, thank you for the donation, Scared. We really appreciate it. Um, I don't want Matthew Stafford on the Patriots. I have an opinion. Um, I mean, it, anything could change. I'm not saying like the word is gospel and it can't be changed. But the new coach spoke today and he was speaking very, very highly of Stafford. So I wouldn't be surprised if because he's a new coach coming in, he's not going to want to trade away their like, you know, biggest player on the team. I mean, like I said, he was calling him a stud and like all this stuff. So I wouldn't bank on being a possibility as much as it might have been. But like I said, things can change. He could trade him as soon as the opportunity comes. So who knows? Yeah. Um, that's fine. If, if, Scare doesn't <laughs> want, if Scare doesn't want Matt Stafford, I understand. I think Stafford would be good. I think he'd do fine on the Patriots, but... I, I respect that opinion. I don't. I don't know. Stafford's getting a little bit older. I guess there are a lot of other options and directions to go with the team, but we'll see. I also agree with what Sarah just said. I, I see Stafford staying with the Lions at this point. I'm well, Lauren, gonna, I'm gonna Lauren be... said that the Colts would take him. By the way, no, right. <laughs> he didn't comment in that. Well, yeah, so. Philip Rivers retired now, right? So they're gonna yeah. be quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I read that as Matthew Slater. Not Matthew Stafford. Oh. So <laughs> that was hence my reaction of whoo, like, oh, okay. oh yeah. Uh, I, would I, would, I would be very upset too because he's like one of my favorite players on the team. So I was like, I'm not touching this one. So I apologize, <laughs> scared. I read that wrong. I don't know why. <laughs> Did I say Matthew Stafford or Slater? I think you said Stafford. I, I just so read I, Stafford. I, so. I read it out loud as Stafford, but in my head I thought it said Slater. Like We've gone over an hour. We're going to wrap this up, but I got to I gotta answer this question. This is specifically for me. Ray, what do Canadians call the part of the house that's underground? Most people in mass call it a cellar. We call it a basement here. Mm. Like, I am currently in my basement. Yes. We basement don't have cellar. any of those in um, Arizona. Fun fact. There's no such thing as basements or cellars in Arizona because the ground is too hard. Yeah, you're, so You're all clay down over there. Yeah, I mean, it's hard enough for them to put pools in, never mind a basement or a cellar, whatever. 
basement cellar. Sarah for twenty twenty four. Sarah's not running for 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 president. By the maybe way, maybe I should if maybe I get enough nominations. You know, maybe I'm some competition. Touche. I'll just kick you off our platform. <laughs> <let> okay. You... <laughs> oh man, guys, we appreciate y'all. Absolutely. We appreciate the donations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate everything you've done for us. We appreciate you watching it on YouTube, listening to it on the podcast, whether it's the featured podcast on Sportscast or DPN Commentary or our brand new podcast, Dear Pats Nation. But that's it for us for the week, guys. No more yeah, lives. Connor and I back on Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Tyson, Connor, yes, and Ray, sir. 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week. Ray, Connor, and Sarah. Until then, thank you so much. Connor, tell me about those socks. They're going to try their best, kid. <laughs> Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.